Jughead Jones, back from the dead. Color me completely not surprised. You're not? No one ever really dies in Riverdale, do they? But, uh, what about you and Archie canoodling, then? Yeah, that was just pretend. I don't know, cousin. That looked pretty real to me. Yeah, that was the point. Right. All I'm saying is, your secret's safe with me. Toodles. Previously on Milkshakes and Mimosas, Andrew and Valeska uncovered Jason's shameful connection to the Riverdale writing room. One and two and three and four. There's murder and intrigue, but the kids of Riverdale are gonna be just fine, just fine, just, just fine. There's Jughead and Betty, and Dad's a serial killer serving some jail time, jail time, jail, jail time. We got milkshakes at Pops. And mimosas at Veronica's Yeah, the kids of Riverdale are gonna solve some crime Some crime, some, some crime Cause the kids of Riverdale are gonna still be fine Maybe damage, damn, damn, damage Sit right down, you're gonna have a real good time With Team Cheryl Who's Archie? Hello and welcome to another episode of Milkshakes and Mimosas. And we're in the ultimate locked room, guys, because it's COVID-19 quarantine. Everyone's in a locked room, and because of that, we are especially prepared to talk about this episode of the podcast. About the show. We're going to talk on the podcast, but the podcast is about the show, Riverdale. And we're talking about the locked room, which is the episode. Now... There are many secrets revealed in this episode, but I had to bring my lawyer on because there's a secret about the podcast that we have to deal with first. Uh, Adam, Mr. Space Lawyer himself, hello. Are we being thank sued? You. Yeah, um, I'm sorry to tell you, Jason, uh, but uh, the Riverdale, um, the CW is suing you for not actually watching the show and defaming it, so you're going to have to watch all of it by tomorrow. No, fuck that. Oh, no, fuck no, no, that. no. We, it, that is Jason talking, by the way. Uh, hello, Jason. Oh, hey, hi. Hi, guys. Uh, hi, the, everyone. The, the world is a locked room. Yes, the, the world is a locked room. The Betty to my jug head, uh, Jason. Um, <laughs> and oh, we have Valeska here. Hello, Valeska. How are you? I'm great. Uh, I had some mm. vegan cookie dough that I had are delivered. Are you great, though? Are you great, though? You are the subject of our mystery and what we're unveiling about the podcast. I can't wait to find out what for I'm doing. For ages, for ages, you have claimed an ambivalence, no, 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 a distaste for a very specific Riverdale actor, Lachlan Monroe. Yes. <laughs> you claim that you despise this man, and you despise I will claim everything. that to my dying day. You, you will <laughs> say that to your dying day, but I have evidence. I have audio evidence that my lawyer is about to play. That you two may be on better terms than uh, than we've all been led to believe. Oh, God, I hope it's a sex tape. <sighs> Adam? <laughs> With Lachlan Monroe? Yes, it's a sex <laughs> tape between yes. you and Lachlan Monroe. Hey, the oh, 90s no. were crazy, man. <laughs> Adam, if you please, play okay. the evidence. Okay, here's your evidence. And Jason. 
Valeska, Andrew, and Jason. I heard you guys do a pretty wicked uh, Riverdale podcast. Is that true? It's called Milkshakes and Mimosas. That's a great name for a podcast. What? Um, Listen, um, I want to tell you, Valeska, I want to tell you that you definitely are more Archie than Betty. Okay, Andrew, you have a charm. How fucking dare you? And Jason, the flying baby scene was my idea, man. It was my idea. Yes. All right, listen, guys. I love the Milkshakes and Mimosas podcast. Keep it up. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Peace out. I can't breathe, and he has never listened. (laughs) Otherwise, he would not be saying these nice things. I fucking love that, dude. You know what? So, um, what do you have to say for yourself, Valeska? You guys are clearly on good terms. He knows the truth. He knows that you're more Archie than Betty. First of all, I quit. (laughs) (laughs) More Archie than Betty, my ass. I am never going to do another science update for this show. (laughs) Because uh... Archie doesn't do science. (laughs) I am just going to punch my computer. That's going to be my contribution from now on. So you really are more Archie than Betty. Who paid for that? (laughs) (laughs) That's a real Archie way to handle that problem. I oh think my we God. all emotionally paid for that. Uh, no, it was Adam's idea, not mine. Don't hate me. Hate the lawyer. Um, I did nothing. So yeah, I just thought that would be nice oh to start. Oh my God. And, and uh, I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, Adam is a hero for uh, for. I'm still recovering. <laughs> I can't breathe. You'll never, ever be the same. Um, nor will we all. I was originally going to think I would have to go and sub in the original audio, but it actually came through the mic pretty well. So uh, good oh. on you. Good on you, Adam. That was um, legitimately amazing. He's officially the only person that's ever listened to this podcast. We don't know if he has. We broke up a relationship. He definitely has not. (laughs) (laughs) He he declined to take a payment because he loved the podcast. Uh, He knew all about Glamberge eggs. He knew all about Valeska's. I didn't write any of that. He knew about the flying babies. (laughs) Oh, God. It was my idea. I think he might get sued for that because it's clearly not his idea. <laughs> we don't know that. But on the other hand, I don't think anyone wants to appear in court to take fucking credit for coming up with that idea. So maybe he'll be able to get away with it. Okay, I mean, so that apparently. was the best thing that happened all day. <laughs> okay. Well, guys, now that we've we've kind of discovered the truth about the podcast. Well, you can't that, just move on from that. There's no segue away from that. That is... That's- that's what I was trying to do, but I mean, yeah. you can just you can just like throw a flying baby at me and try to stop me, but it's not gonna stop because this podcast has to happen. Okay. We'll Speaking of taking right. credit for things, let's talk about this episode. <laughs> oh, okay. I like it. I like it. That is a good lead-in. It's a good. It's a good segue. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why I had to give some suspense there. Um, but guess what? This episode, pretty simple plot-wise in that it's kind of stupidly complicated, but there's really only two characters. So, I mean, there's only one scene and between two characters we care about, and the rest is with those Stonewall prep bitches. Um, so basically mm-hmm. what happens is uh, the episode starts, uh, and Jughead is complaining about a two-week quarantine, to which I said, fuck you, Jughead, you little bitch. <laughs> Try four months. Is that really how this episode started? 
Yes. Yeah, well, yeah, he's like, you gotta try... I've been locked in a sex bunker for two weeks. No sun, no food. Just sitting here trying to solve a mystery because I'm Jughead. And I'm like, bitch, I've been inside for like fucking three straight months. Fuck off. And his girlfriend can visit whenever she wants. Uh, Yeah, but Just eating wet cheeseburgers under a sex (laughs) bunker. So many milkshakes. We we also find out that um, Jughead has secret cameras to watch everyone by. In, well, of course uh, he does. Yeah, so like Betty set up a bunch of secret c- cameras, so literally from his creepy sex bunker, he can sit and watch people just do stuff. Who knows what stuff, but he can see. He's living my best life. He watched his own funeral, which is my best life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> God. I don't know what that says about either of you. Uh, we find out that uh, Jughead got two obituaries, um, you know, one from the school newspaper and one from the newspaper newspaper. He preferred the school newspaper one. Wow, that's It was more irreverent, he says. Yeah, yeah. He, I, he uses the word irreverent. I didn't want to say it out loud because it makes me sound pretentious. Um, <laughs> You're quoting so, him. Sorry, the kid with the uh, hat that's shaped like a crown died. Like, how is it a referent obituary? <laughs> They're just like, hey, remember that stupid nerd? Yeah, someone swirled him to an early grave. Um, we need him so- like a rock in the head. <laughs> Jason. Nice. Jason, one character was not involved in the conspiracy and found out instantly. And instantly figured out the the murder plot or lack thereof. Mm-hmm. Jason, who was the person smart enough to decipher the mystery before anyone else? Mm. Not one of the main four. No. Okay. Well, um, yes, because I said smart. So, <laughs> Mister <laughs> Honey. Ugh. No. <laughs> I wish you had, he had done. That. I oh. wish Mr. Honey was on cameo. <laughs> and then I would just send him to be like, yeah, just be a little bitch. Andrew, I heard you were talking shit about me. <laughs> How did you know the truth, my true voice? Um, no, Jellybean figured it all out uh, because she isn't fucking stupid. She also doesn't have her phone on vibrate, and every time it vibrates, it comes on mic. So whoever has that should get that out. And I'm not editing this part out. Shame on whoever that is. Um, so this uh, basically yeah, also they, they they find out uh, you know they bring in his dad, but his dad wasn't the FP was not in on it from the beginning. So they let FP legit think his his son was dead, and then be like, "Hey, guess what? You can help us now. He's not dead." And then he's like, "Oh, thank God, he's not dead. I will help you now." They waited until um, after they found the bloody rock to tell him. Yeah, yeah. Can we also say that Archie um, closed his window with the curtains to hide from Scary Betty before telling his mom because he knew that she'd be like watching through the window and ready to like call him and yell at him? Yep, yep. My notes literally say Archie is a rogue-ass bitch because uh, he gave up the secret. Um, then uh, we do ha- we actually have our first line reading of the episode very early because we get to see how Hermosa and Veronica uh, kind of got intertwined and how Veronica made uh, Hermosa and brought her into the fold. Um, So be prepared for this edition of Riverdale Masterpiece Theater. Thank you very much. All right, what do you want to know? 
Let me ask you straight up, Ermanita. Did you help Betty kill her boyfriend? What? No. Why would I do that? Because that's the kind of thing secret girlfriends do. They kill each other's boyfriends so they can be together. <sighs> okay, I don't know what kind of crypto-lesbian pulp fiction you're conjuring, Hermosa, but Betty and I are just friends. And yeah, as soon as that line was said in the show, I was like, mm-mm, it says lesbian pulp fiction in it. You know that's going to be one of the lines Valesco wants to read. Um, so, and it was, so. It says crypto lesbo pulp fiction, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is a much better movie. My um, note for this is, God, I fucking love Hermosa. After the secret girlfriend's line. She's my new favorite. There's probably um about seventeen less um uses of the N word in crypto lesbian pulp fiction though. <laughs> there is okay. a really cool cryptid though. <laughs> Another girl, okay. It's the goat sucker. I'm telling you the Sasquatch. Does this look like <laughs> Does this look like a dead chupacabra storage? Okay. Uh, <laughs> did you see a sign on my house that says dead chupacabras? <laughs> 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 Okay. Oh, uh, you guys. <laughs> this is fun. You know why? Because you don't store your fucking dead chupacabras in my house. <laughs> I pay for the good blood. I don't get goat blood, okay? <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, Quentin, you know, a racist. Go fuck yourself. Um, um, so we then get Jughead entering a meeting of the Stonewall preppies. And it's a, they've got Mr. DuPont is there, all the kids you know and love, except for one. One is missing. We'll get, we'll get onto that in a second, but one of them is missing. And all this, they all go, what? What is happening? Oh my God, Jughead is alive. And oh, who is this? Oh, it's Betty. Betty's coming along with him. Whoa, this is crazy. Jason, they're reading a book. They're reading, they're reading a book where... The person who wrote this episode chowed down on, like, a field full of mushrooms, came Mm. up with this idea, and thought they were the smartest fucking person alive. They thought that this idea, linking in this classic literary novel to this episode and reveal, was so smart that they should be crowned king of the entertainment world. What (laughs) book do you think they're reading? Oh, gee. So, uh, so does it, it? It's a real book. I'm assuming, correct? Mm-hmm. It's, it's a real like, book. Okay. It's a real it, book, and it's like a real ass classy book. Oh, a classy <laughs> book. It's a classy and classic book. You oh, could read it in high school and be fine. A mush. <laughs> but you said they're eating mushrooms. So is it like a psychedelic? Is it like the naked no, lunch? No, 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 like, no, what no, the no, fuck no, are no. You I just about? thought this is uh, sorry. This is just hack. This is just. Hack. Oh, okay, okay. I don't okay. know why I added all the other stuff in it. Just this is just hack. It's Russian. <clears throat> it's a Russian book. Oh, so is it like the brothers uh, Karmakava? It is not. Do you just make that up? What is the brothers Karamazov. Karmakova. Oh, excuse me. Excuse me, <laughs> Oh, Oh, now that I know the proper name, I suddenly know what it is. The Idiot? No, okay. no, no. No, it no, should no. be. It's crime, it's crime and Punishment. Okay. That is a great fucking book. Yeah, but like... You're it's the same to... So then Jughead walks in. Jughead barges in and it goes, Are you looking for from Mark Twain? My death has been highly exaggerated. And then everyone's like, fuck off. 
Fuck you, Mark Twain. <laughs> he... Fuck everything about this. He flips through the brother... Netflix. Like, he flips very quickly through Crime and Punishment. Doesn't, like, read anything from it. He just kind of flips lightly through it and then goes, This is apropos. Which means that <laughs> the writers My didn't God. read it. <laughs> My next note was just How apropos. is this apropos? Because he was... Because there's crime and say? there's punishment. <laughs> like just based on the title. Is but like is is are they are they trying to make an allegory to like Jughead being locked in the fucking sex room for two weeks no, instead of being in prison? They're talking about like Do you think brooding that the actually obs- know anything about what happened though? They're talking about like the idea of like obsessively planning a murder and then your conscience getting to you. It's not, like, you could uh, say Telltale Heart, you could say any other book. <laughs> any other book? <laughs> well, wait for it. Uh, he does say <laughs> another book. Go to Andrew, because he says the dumbest book next. Uh, I love just, this. Okay, we'll get into the dumbest book. But, uh, it, okay, so he, he, oh, God. So he, all of a sudden, he goes up. They lock the doors. Betty and Jughead lock the doors and take all their phones. They never really get to give a good interest or good information as to why any of these people would go along with this, including an adult teacher is just like, well, I guess it's Stonewall Prep. Here's my phone. Lock me in. I'm just a simple teacher. Definitely not a secret murderer. Donna does some um, really good face acting in this scene, though. I will say Donna, that. Donna is killing it in this episode. Yep. And uh, we love them. But uh, so Jughead then he introduces a concept and a mystery that they haven't tackled in this course on mysteries. And he calls it the locked room mystery where all of the characters are locked in a room and the killer is one of them. But who could it be? (laughs) And that led me to the idea of bitch. That's the climax of every detective novel. That's not a genre in itself. The the locked room. I think what we did research on this locked room is based on the novel itself, isn't it? Yes. Didn't we say that? I mean, That's like, kind of this, like a one room. But why wouldn't you... Why? This is fucking Riverdale. You've pulled every pretentious fucking, you know, movie reference out of your ass. You could have called this rope. You could have called this any, like, one room oh, murder I'm, mystery. I'm half surprised. Any Agatha Christie. It's an armchair detective story. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he just, like, walks in and goes, and then there were none, and then Mr. DuPont's like, well, the real title is... And then they have to, like, stop him. <laughs> Holden racist. Uh, <laughs> Quinn comes and goes, let me tell you, let me tell you this one. <laughs> Get back to the cryptid book. It's called the Chupacabra. <laughs> Ten little Chupacabra. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh, Turtle Man is bitter. Donna's super mad. <clears throat> so we're getting <clears throat> some flashbacks. Uh, Mr. Chipping, try, they talk about Mr. Chipping suicide, Mr. Chipping recruiting kids, blah, 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 blah. But <clears throat> at one point, Mr. DuPont like goes, well, this is ridiculous. This is blah, blah, blah. This is, this is an outrage. You cannot just interrupt it. Blah, 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 blah. And then Jughead goes, <sighs> to quote <laughs> Lord of the Flies, what? I have the conch. <laughs> <laughs> did they drop a rock on his head right after? Because if they did that, I'd be all in on this episode. Sadly, if, they do not. If only. Yeah, 
they didn't think about how their story fucking hat to start fires their story literally involves a guy getting hit in the head with a rock and they don't make the reference (laughs) i forgot that's how they killed them they should have they should have been like well jughead i know you eat a bunch but you're a little light to be piggy (laughs) (laughs) they use this stupid hat to start fires in the fucking sex room Oh, God. Well, uh, so who wants to, like, try to describe this mystery and the ins and outs? I mean, obviously, I can do it. Okay, I'm doing it. Um, So, basically... Is it a mystery? We're going through a series of flashbacks. Well, okay, we get told that this mystery that we by no way could have solved naturally and even no one on the internet could have solved naturally because they just pulled this out of their ass last minute. Uh, We find out that the way this works is the Baxter Brothers, in order to become the prime writer for the Baxter Brothers, uh, the next ghost writer, if you will, um, you must commit one murder of a student. Or, I mean, they just happen to be students, but you just have to commit one murder and then you're given the contract. So that's basically how you get the contract. You get the contract, you do one murder. So basically, Mr. Chipping, who was the current writer, uh, he did murder a kid, apparently. We, we find that out. Uh, and he was going to murder another child, and that was Moose. Moose was originally going to be the uh, person to die because uh, Mr. Chipping recruited Moose to come to the school and then made Moose go away because Mr. Chipping somehow got a conscious. Oh. Um, uh, this is when I write the line, fucking kill me, this is stupid. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much, uh, pretty much the whole plot of that. And then they're just kind of trying to prove and, uh, expound upon that idea, stupidly, but we'll get to more of that later. Um, we now get to get, go to the fun flashback mystery to find out what actually happened to Jughead. Uh, which does include the line, I'm kind of sad I didn't get to read, but uh, Jughead is narrating, and he goes, it was at this point I took off the bunny mask and put on my beanie. <laughs> I'm like, I was just like, somebody had to write that line. That's a stupid line. And we still have, like, no reason that he was actually wearing the mask at all. Like, it's no. not explained. Like, he showed up with it, and then he took it off. We don't know yeah. why he put it on. We don't know why he took it off. Uh, yeah. You missed Joan's badass Adonis line, though. Scopolamine. What, jo- what's that? Joan, uh, when they drug Jughead, goes, <laughs> he's like, I don't feel so good. And she's like, no, I think you just need to lie down. And, like, stares directly into the camera because <laughs> she poisoned him. Okay, well, that... Well, that was our beloved Donna. Donna. That's from a prior episode. So it was great. That was called a flashback. I don't know. <laughs> It was not. It was not great. It was not good. <laughs> but yeah. So uh, so what we find out is Joan bashed him with a rock. Bashed him with a rock when he was talking mm-hmm. to Brett. Donna scopolamined Betty into thinking she did the Rocky Rocky smash smash. <sighs> and we find out that, okay, so we find out that they had given each one of the members of this little group a task to do in order to commit the murder. Well, Jonathan is the last member of the group who's suspiciously not here for this episode. And his only job, his only job in the murder was to check Jughead's pulse. That was it. 
That was his entire job. That was all Jonathan was supposed to do. Because when because uh, jo- when uh, uh, Jughead's basically like, which one are you? Someone, are you idiot? Should have checked my pulse. And then Joan, in a moment of scariness, which, well, if Jonathan was supposed to check your pulse. And I'm like, bitch, what the fuck? Jonathan was supposed to do the pulse? That was his entire job? That was all? Whatever. Okay. <clears throat> so they found him, the beanie cushioned the blow, and the only <laughs> thing the only thing that Jughead could say when he woke up briefly was, don't call the hospital. No hospitals, please. I've oh, seen Halloween Christ. too, and I don't want to go to hospital after a near-death experience. Um, and then, so instead they call Charles, and uh, let me remind you, Charles is an FBI agent, um, supposedly, anyways. And, and then they pay off Dr. Curdle Jr., who uh, is the uh, mortician. He they paid just... him off just on the off chance that somebody would burst into the morgue, which they're not allowed to do. So they paid him off and they made Jughead up to look like a corpse, just in case. And you know there was a little bit more to it than that. Like, Dr. Curdle Jr. was like, yeah, you gotta dress like a corpse and let me have my way with you. Yeah, that was for him. The yeah, makeup exactly. was his idea. The makeup was his idea. There was masturbation happening. Um, <laughs> and then um, DuPont, uh, upon hearing all of this and hearing all this stuff, um, is just basically like, well, you, you would, you would I should know that I never explicitly asked for the murders, so there's nothing you can do to get me at all but that's when we find out that's when we find out that all of the people in mr dupont's graduating class who helped create and were in the original quill and bones society have all been dying off except for jughead's grandpa he didn't die but all the other ones did because it turns out mr dupont is a serial killer Jesus Christ. And we get a series of uh, headlines here, like newspaper headlines. And one of them, I shit you not, is famous diver has air tank interrupted on his yacht. And that's how he died. Because Mr. DuPont messed with his air tank on a yacht? What? I mean, that happens every day. I mean, probably. (sighs) But... This is when we get... Uh, Valeska, I, I'm sorry if this is going to blow up your best names name category. The name I'm about to say. Oh, I've already you... used it for like best names in past episodes. That's Charles not a new w. name. Ch- Charles W. Chickens is not a new name? <laughs> you have the worst memory. We have talked about Charles W. Chickens. No, 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 no. Charles W. Chickens is a new <laughs> character. It is not a new character. <laughs> Oh, I think it was God. in the same episode as Frosty Pajamas. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I just Googled it, and the first thing is a Reddit thread that said, Ah, yes, one of the greatest writers of all time, Charles Chickens, Riverdale. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. And Brett Weston Wallace. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, we do need to talk about Brett Weston Wallace, but oh my fucking god! So basically, uh, one of them tried to warn Jughead's grandpa that the murdering was about to happen, 
And so then he, Forsyth went into hiding, and then Forsyth comes out with Charles and all of them to come and, you know, confront Mr. DuPont. Um, which leads to another fantastic episode and edition of Masterpiece Riverdale Theater. Enjoy. You call me a thief and a coward? Well, I'm not. I'm a builder. I built the Baxter Brothers franchise, and with that money, I helped build this school. Without me, neither would exist. Francis DuPont, you have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. Never! A writer's power is in his words. Only the meek and the timid choose silence. I am a man of honor to the end. Glass breaks. He jumps like a bit. Yeah, Mr. DuPont jumped out of the same window Mr. Chippings did, which proves that the only person getting any work in this fucking shitty town is the guy who installs stained glass windows because apparently business is a booming. What that must be very frustrating. Like, putting in a stained glass and you're like, I'm done! Great! And then, bang. Damn it! <laughs> no, I see. I think the stained glass window guy is going to be the one who's behind it all. <clears throat> stained glass gate. So, Valeska, one, what did you think about our old friend the turtle just jumping out a window? Um, Very predictable. Oh, you, you don't mean the fact that you could clearly see him slowly inching towards the window and it was framed where it's like basically like, look at the window. Hey, you're looking at the window. Oh, he's pretty close to the window. He kept oh, giving I'm it like side eye. Him. Yeah, he kept giving it side eye like he's at a club trying to pick the window up. And it's just like, come on, dude. And then he jumps out of it and then he dies. But I can't remember. Nobody... Did, you, did you also mention that when they call Charles to bring the FBI medical van? He tells the blood-covered teenagers to go back to the scene of the assault and clean it completely within earshot of two other FBI agents. Uh, two FBI agents came. They're already all screwed. Like, yes. what? The whole like, thing just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. You all need to burn your clothes Anyways. except your underwear because it also has blood on it. But this is the CW. Because we're the FBI, the original perverts. <laughs> I mean, that kind of tracks. Yeah, yeah. We, we all know. We all know those perverts. The junior FBI? Junior perverts. Okay. So then uh, Donna is, like, trying to, like, backtrack her way. Because what happens now is it cuts to a whole series of interviews, which are totally above board. Nothing sketchy about these interviews oh at all. Oh, my God. These fucking I'm interviews. so excited to I talk can't. about this. <laughs> So Joan is the first oh. person interviewed, and Joan okay. uh, just pretty much like comes in and goes, diplomatic immunity. And since there's neither, uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's nobody there to go, it's just been revoked, uh, she gets away. Um, what? <laughs> I mean, good for yeah. her. Good for her. You know? Good for her. I guess. I mean, Joan hasn't done anything that bad other than hit him with a rock. So, like, the worst she would have got is attempted murder. Yeah! They don't give prizes at the... uh, She is, like, literally the main killer person. But, you know... I mean, they don't give awards for attempted science at the science fair. So it's like, come on. Um, They do give charges. (laughs) They do. We gotta talk about Brett's interview. We gotta talk about... 
the fact that he's like threatening him with the um, revenge oh. porn tape stuff yeah. when they don't even have anything besides Betty's word that they exist. Well, we yeah. So okay, Jason, Jason. Okay, Jason. You mm-hmm. find out that your son's has a sex tape, and there is a, a and it could ruin him and his lady's future careers. Mm-hmm. My eight, um, eight eight month old son has a sex tape. I'm trying. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay, uh, in the future of 2040, <laughs> you find out that this happens. Um, okay. You are let let in alone with the person responsible for the revenge porn. Okay. What do you do to this person to make them not release it? <sighs> you're also I... you're also a cop. You're also the sheriff of a town. Oh, I think you actually quit. Yeah, I think you actually quit. <clears throat> okay. Um, you were kind of the sheriff of the town for a while, and you're part of a gang, and your son also gets to be in the room. I mean, I think I would find – I would hire an agent immediately, and I would find a way to promote the sex tape to see <laughs> if I could make some money off of it. That's what I would do. Well, uh, I'm about to call child services. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, in your hypothetical, it's 2040, so child services are not taking the 20-year-old child away. Right. <laughs> right, exactly. And I'm roughly 75 at that point. So, and you're you know, still doing this podcast. I'm still, uh, yes, because Riverdale's still on the air somehow. You remember, you remember back in Riverdale season four <laughs> when they had the sex tape scene and did the punchy punchy happen? Oh, Oh, the show is gra- now just about the incest babies who have grown up and are in college. Sit on Grampy's lap. He'll tell you about the legend of Pops and his burgers. Back when we <laughs> ate burgers and not the weak of society. Because um, they're all cannibals by 2040. Okay. Uh, no, uh, they just beat the shit out of Brett. Oh. <laughs> With their magic that, brass that knuckles, which was really cute. FP. Yeah, FP and Jughead use brass knuckles. To beat the ever-loving <laughs> shit out of Brett. What? And I'm sitting there like, poor baby Brett. Brett is just a dumb doofus who doesn't need, like... <laughs> I look at Brett the way I look at one of my cats. Like, he's just doofus. He's not... He's He doesn't really know what he's doing. And it, he, he doesn't know. He, he just, just tried to kill you. <laughs> I, what I still don't understand is who gives a fuck about this sex tape. Like, what's going to happen when this gets released? Nothing. Uh, I mean, you're not a woman on the internet. I don't expect you to understand. There's a. No, I'm just saying, but that's not who's beating the shit out of him. Oh, Jason, when we get back to this. When I get to the crime elements of this, we're going to have a field day on the sex tape and all of the things that happen in the scene. (laughs) It's great. Literally everything that happens on Riverdale is a crime against nature. (laughs) So So Charles, Charles comes in. And he sees the beaten and bloody Brett. And, like, Brett is, like, looking bad. Like, like it's looking bad. And I'm like, oh, poor baby. Someone just give him some little, like, touch-ups. He doesn't really know what he's seeing. He's just dumb. Um, well, he, he has committed many crimes. But as Donna told us, he is not the brains of the operation. Exactly. He probably thinks like he's just, I don't know, getting gender reveals. I think that's what he thinks a sex tape is. Like, I don't know. <laughs> uh, what? <laughs> what the Forced fuck? gender reveal. 
Involuntary gender reveals. That's um, one way of putting it. Um, so, um, yeah, so he then tells them where the tapes are at, and they go and get them. And Is that what you call seeing Jughead's dick? <laughs> that it also wouldn't tell us what his gender was. Is that, Is that what we're called it? Do you think <laughs> That's his, true. Dick, Good point. his dick also has a crown? Uh, anyway. <laughs> yes. I think we should go through the legal implications of the scene before we go on. Just get it all out of the way. Well, um, yeah. So then D- Donna gets out of the gets released from that. Okay, you can go. Okay. Um, well, let's let's really quickly go through um, what what the point of the entire scene is supposed to be. So if you were falling, Jason, um, the main killer that killed I was not. that killed several people has uh, killed themselves. So you don't have that person as uh-huh. uh, a witness for evidence. You don't have anything other than, you know, documents they might have in their house. Okay. So what you do sure. have is uh, each one of the witnesses who have all been charged with attempted murder, and you're trying to get them to play off against each other. So one of them is claimed diplomatic immunity. Now, diplomatic immunity does not mean you get out. Uh, yes. Uh, Excuse me, when you Allah, say diplomatic immunity, yes. you have to say it. Diplomatic immunity. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it is the law of lethal weapons. Okay, well, if you claim diplomatic immunity, okay. um, the problem becomes <laughs> that you you don't get out of the crime. You just get prosecuted in your home country. Now, they might not prosecute her because they don't have enough evidence there, but it's not like a ha-ha tricked you bye um so that's that's problem one um they also don't have her testimony now okay next person brett um who they're like okay we're gonna charge you with attempted murder which is a very serious crime now they also say and one count of creating a sex tape without the permission of the people and i'm like okay like one of those is really severe (laughs) the other one's like Kind of, meh. And they're like, okay, so we're willing to charge you with attempted murder, but we'll get rid of the sex tape charge. And I'm like, okay, he's not going to take that deal at all. <laughs> it's at this point. Right. It's at this point um, where he goes, okay, fine. Well, uh, what's actually going to happen? Because Brett like comes back at them. It's like, I'm going to get off uh, by uh, you pleading this down to conspiracy after the fact, which is just being an accessory to the attempted murder. Um, And I'm going to do community service for this. Now, at first you're like, for attempted murder? But then you realize, well, he's a youth, so he might be like protected by like youth criminal acts which would give him a lesser sentence but then he's been charged with attempted murder which is a very severe crime so they're probably going to charge him as an adult so he's in a lot of trouble now you have someone that's in a lot of trouble what do you do well you definitely want to get the father and police officer who is involved in the sex tape offense to come in and beat up the witness and person that you've charged severely uh, till their face is bloodied, uh, which will definitely result in a criminal conviction of uh, Jughead's dad, and also get this person off, because there is this concept in the States called fruit of the poison tree, 
which basically means if you get evidence from a person uh, based on them being coerced into a confession or an illegal search and seizure or any other thing that violates the Constitution, all the evidence gets thrown out. Like, you can't use anything you found. So if they do find those sex tapes, they can't charge him with anything about that. And a lot of the other evidence that they're going to get from him is also thrown out because they violently assaulted him. Um, also, Jughead's there, and uh, several officers are there, and there's going to be physical evidence that he got beat up. So they are all going down uh, for <laughs> very serious offenses. Uh, there's a lot more offenses that they commit in the episode. We can talk about that after. Um but it also means that, like, yeah, they have no evidence on any of these kids, and everyone's going free. So this is, like, the most, like, lame duck murder-solving ever. <laughs> wow. Well, I um, I mean... Yes, but diplomatic immunity. <laughs> well, but here, here, Adam, uh, here's where um, I think you're brilliant, you're a really smart guy, but here's where you're a fucking idiot, which is um, <laughs> trying to apply any kind of logic to anything that happens in Riverdale is, um, you know, <laughs> is a, um, you know, is a fool's errand. Oh, well, wait till we get to the end of the episode, because I, like, literally screamed in my house. I was like, wait... <laughs> What? <laughs> okay. Uh, question for you. Is creating a sex tape against somebody's will a crime? Wouldn't that yes. be like some kind of sexual assault? Well, there is... Isn't, isn't that... There is are that... separate offenses for recording someone and or publishing and or distribution of a sex tape. Um, it doesn't have to actually show any nudity. It just could against be a sexual act. In this case, uh, neither party consented and they weren't agreeing to distribute it anyway. So his he actually threatens to release the sex tape to the internet. And he was using it for blackmail, which could be another offense, depending on the state. Genuinely, I think that the longest the podcast has gone without me talking. So, <laughs> yeah, thank you, Adam. That is an, that thank is you, an Adam. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, thank Come you. on more thank often. Thank you, Adam. Please. Thank you, Adam, for making sure that the fucking host isn't heard anymore, because that dude sucks. Hey, neither <laughs> of us were heard. Speaking oh, of people who suck, um, let's talk about the worst name for a Riverdale news broadcast of all time. <laughs> RVW... Yeah, sorry. R-I-V-W News. Mm, that's pretty bad. That's not it's, even not that's not even it's not great. It's not great. It's not great. It's not great. It's also not, not offensively stupid, though, either. But yeah, that's it's what just I like meh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but like, well, I don't want meh. I, don't, I want crazy, like that hit song. I want crazy. Um, what? I'm going to add it as the worst Riverdale name <laughs> for you. <Hit> where? <laughs> <laughs> that's a Canada thing. You wouldn't understand. Um, and then. Um, Is that the theme song to The Littlest Hobo? <laughs> I went crazy. Oh, what a crazy that that dog is so good. I want to give him pets, but he's dead. Um, so <laughs> they have a nice meet up at at the at the end where all the entire family is sitting around celebrating uh, the fact that you know Jughead's not dead. They solved the crime, doing many illegal things. Uh, you know, Alice and um, FP are actually super cute together in this scene. Yep, Alice and FP are, like, kissing, basically, and she's like, that news report went really well, because I had an inside source, and I was like, mm-hmm, that's journalistic. Eh, that's no no journalistic integrity in this show. <laughs> Anyways. 
um, and then a kiss and go smoochy smoochy smoochies and then like it was heartwarming uh, I liked it it was heartwarming and then Jughead was like hey Betty let's smoochy smoochies and then she was like no I gotta leave <laughs> other things and you're like oh, what does she do what is she gonna do she has a final T to cross she has a final T to cross and uh, speaking of T's she uses one of them called teleportation uh, and suddenly is back at Stonewall Prep um, and uh, who does she deal with at Stonewall Prep but that one last little thing that's left open Donna bum 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 dun, dun, dun. so if you remember from, uh, from last week's episode which would have been like last month's I don't know time is time is a flat circle anyways uh, last episode that we talked about an episode of the show um, there was a reveal that Donna isn't Donna sweet Donna is blah and then they cut cut away and then that was like the big cliffhanger that was right after she saw the Barchi in action right that was like <sighs> we don't we don't say the Barchi the Barchi we don't we don't say those words here <laughs> <laughs> I like when Jason says it <laughs> Barchi. <laughs> All right. I guess. Are you guys talking about Valeska? <laughs> no. How dare Valeska? You are Barchi. That's what you no, are. No, no, no. This is, I will not stand for this. <laughs> Thank you, Jason. Like Fuck you, Andrew. I will not stand for this. Aww. It's good to have an ally on this show. <laughs> One ally. Aww. I'm calling Lachlan. Aww. You have Lachlan on your team. <laughs> Lachlan is listening to this right now, and he is not happy. I feel bad about all the stuff I said about him. Look, Velasco Monroe, let me talk about the surprise last name reveal. Doxed on the show. Um, So it turns out that Donna's grandma was the one who invented Tracy True, uh, who was also stolen by DuPont. And then mm-hmm. DuPont murdered her grandma. Mm-hmm. And so she wanted to like be like, fuck you, DuPont, and like steal all of his shit and get the contract so she could write and rebirth Tracy True. Yeah, the Baxter and Brothers then... brand is relaunching as Tracy True, so the Baxter Brothers are no more. Yeah. What? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So the Baxter Brotherhood has to be renamed to something stupid. To the Tracy Sisterhood or something? Or this no, means... The Tracy Truman Show. The Tracy Truman. The Truman shows. Yes. The Tracy Truman shows. I'm into this. It. This means that hypothetically, Donna had to predict that all of those other things would happen for this to be her evil plan. Welcome to Riverdale. Donna's Donna's smart man. Donna's genius. Donna had a big brain. She has a big brain. I feel Adam. Um, Attempting to apply logic to the show and slowly going absolutely insane, <laughs> and um, I appreciate that. I mean, we were all been here for a long time, and I just appreciate him diving in and going absolutely insane along with us on the show, um, because you know you just can't do it. You can't do it. You can't try to follow a logical thread in the show. You can't. It will end in your demise. Your head will explode. You'll be laughing in a fucking theater like fucking Sam Neill at the end of In the Mouth of Madness. Someone hit me with a rock. See, I was going to yeah. go with the scanners yeah. thing, but that works too. Yeah, okay, okay. You know. Either way. Whatever. 
I was going to go with the best rock hitting of all time, which was the adaptation of... Shit. <laughs> Lord, the Lord Nicholas of the Cage Flies. movie? Lord of the Flies, that's the <laughs> name of the book. <laughs> Excuse uh, me, well. Andrew, I have the conch. Uh, well. Do you want to say, then, what Betty Betty demands of Donna, then? Since you have the conch? No, you can have it. All I can remember is that she wants her to give up Tracy True, but I think there's more to it than that. Uh, yeah, it's basically like that. She basically wants Donna to behave, because she wants Donna to give up Tracy True... Or she's going to tell everybody the truth about her parentage and how evil and nefarious things are. Well, she specifically says medical records, so like I think there's something, like there's some medical condition that Donna might have that she's going to blow. Or if the medical records are literally just like, my grandma was the original mental preacher. That's <laughs> medical <laughs> records? What does it just the, say? The medical grandparent was evil. Andrew, the medical records... <laughs> were there to prove that she was related to the grandmother. The grandmother was involved in the original secret society. So that will automatically prove that this, that Donna planned all of this to get revenge for her grandmother. And that the Tracy True name is like hurt. That's a lot of lines to fly in a country that like started drinking bleach because the president said so, right? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, lines to dot and crosses to be made that's just not gonna happen yeah but the media might report something uh, that's stupid versus like the court's not gonna entertain that right, true right. tracy um, true and at this point jesus take the wheel i just wanted <laughs> betty and donna to kiss because you know I was like, oh, you guys should just kiss. I always want that, but also Jughead cuddles Kevin at the end, which Mm. made my heart sore. Jughead is being a little hostile to Kevin. I don't really like that. He cuddles him at the end, though. I don't think that was cuddling. He's got they spoon. Like, They're spooning. They have like no. he has like his hand, his arm around him, and then his other hand is like on his shoulder, and he's kind of like leaning his head in, and I'm like doing it right now to an invisible person. Oh my goodness! I, my I heart melted. Jughead. To me, it seems like Jughead thought he was a member of the mafia and was like doing that like power move. Like he's like, of course, kid. Stop ruining this for me. Um, sorry, you signed up for this podcast. That's all I do, is I ruined this podcast for everyone. I was forced to join this podcast. Andrew. Oh, yeah, yeah. you were forced to join this podcast. Andrew, can you get to my favorite part of the whole episode, which is uh, after this very serious, uh, like, solving of murders? By the way, at one point, Jughead's feeling sad, and Betty's like, we just solved eight murders, and you're like, And then they have, like, there are two, like, completely, like, super high school scenes, and I need you to talk about both of them, because it blew my mind after we just had very severe murder plots to just jump completely to, yeah. So one of them in... They do that all the time, though. (laughs) So one of them involves, um, you know, uh, Jughead is going home, and he's going by the the kitchen table for dinner, uh, and his grandpa is there, because his grandpa who didn't leave because he hated his family. He left because he didn't want to get murdered. And instead of doing something about it, he just went off the grid and left his family. So it's okay. We can like Forsyth Jones again. Um, And then uh, FP is talking to his dear old dad, and they're reuniting. And then uh, 
Jughead is like, invited to be at the dinner, and then uh, Jughead goes, well, I mean, like, I could stay, but, like, I kind of want to eat Pops Burgers, even though I only ate Pops Burgers for two <laughs> fucking weeks. Straight. But now they're going to be warm. Yeah, now they're not going to be soggy and full of SCDs, so congrats. Um, and uh, he is told, like, no, you can, you can go. We're talking, and who knows? We might be sitting here talking when you get back, even. And they're like, oh, well, we're going to rekindle our relationship as father and son. And then, well, to be fair, FP uh, does say that he like he's not sure what's going to happen with them, but at least they're talking, so that's the good first step. So it's a little bit a little bit more sensitively handled. This part was nice. Yes. Uh, I appreciate it. Nice. Yeah. No. We're not here to listen to nice Way things to go, about Skeet. Riverdale. Come on. <laughs> Way to go, Skeet. A uh, man who is not on camera. Um, so we'll never hear that from him. Um, Give it so... five years. <laughs> Skeet, I'm pretty sure Skeet will say anything for about $5, so I might be able to. How dare you? Need, he costs at least twice about... as much as Lachlan Monroe. <laughs> so 50 cents. <laughs> okay, so we then cut to Pops, and they're all having milkshakes. No mimosas in sight. I was like, oh, look, they're drinking milkshakes. So oh, look at the, the Leonardo DiCaprio meme pointing at the show, being like, oh, it's the name of the podcast. I fucking hate that meme. Um, but anyways, um, that's happening. And they're talking about um, the end of school, the end of senior year. And the, like, Archie's like, yo, I made, like, a pact so that, like, we would all be together for senior year and it would all go great. And then and then everyone gives him, like, a womp womp. Archie, don't you remember all the murder and mayhem that happened this year? And then Archie's like, well, I remember all the shenanigans, like the time I beat the shit out of a drug dealer in front of his mom. Oh, wasn't <laughs> that fun? Uh, but there's only a few months left. What could possibly happen? The production was shut down due to COVID-19, and we have no idea what is going to happen. Um, but that's beside the point. Uh, In-universe, in they go, you know, it's going to be all right. Let's drink these milkshakes. And then I believe it's Jughead goes, well, uh, don't you know that me and Archie are probably not going to pass? Because, one, Archie has just been punching drug dealers and dressing as a vigilante and running a business for his dead dad and then also <laughs> trying to run a youth center. Uh, and then just not attending school. And then uh, and Jughead goes, has no reason, but I'm sure half of it was like, well, he was not at school for like two months because he was faking his death. So I don't know how yeah, that Living in a sex bunker probably puts a damper on graduation. I don't know. Who knows, you know? As I we didn't go on, we remember <laughs> all the sex we <laughs> had in the bunker. <laughs> Uh, wow. And then Veronica is like, don't worry, me and Betty are going to hire a bajillion tutors and we're going to make sure that you guys pass. It's going to oh, be serious. Fuck. We're going to be studying. It's going to be a normal show, guys. And like, honestly, it reminded me of like the third season of Community when it opened up with that musical number where it's like, we're going to be more calm and normal. We're going to fix our state. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that. I like how fast you cut me off in there. You're like, nah, <laughs> we got it, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to sing anymore. Um, and you're like, well, that's obviously not going to happen. And like, in less than three seconds later, Kevin comes by and Kevin is like, 
I've got the school musical coming up, and you guys all have to play parts. Even you, Jughead. And Jughead's all like, Oh, we're getting another musical episode? Is that yeah, what the next one. Edwig and the Angry Inch next episode. I what? can't wait. Are you fucking kidding Dude, me? Dude, every time we talk about this, I bring up the fact that it's Hedwig, and this is the only time you've ever reacted. Really? Yeah. <laughs> we we have actually read out every episode, incoming episode title, like 17 times. Every time you say oh, Wicked well, Little yeah. Town, I'm like, yeah, that's from Hedwig. Yeah, but I didn't know that they were officially doing the musical. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, that's the, the musical this year. That's, oh my fucking That's God. why I keep saying that. Have to, the fact you have to say that's the musical this year is insane. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't think they... You can't... Uh, uh, Riverdale's oh. not queer enough for this thing. No. And it's also it's not. not a horror movie, because, like, everything else are, like, a cult movie. Like, the rest of them... Oh, I guess it's a cult movie. Well, Psycho the Musical yeah. sucks, so they didn't do that one. <laughs> Psycho? There's a Psycho the Musical? Oh, Did yeah. Did you make a Jokers are actually a Psycho the Musical? No, there is, and Matt um, oh, Smith... A musical forever. Matt Smith... Uh, who played Doctor Who, played what? Patrick Bateman on Broadway. Yeah. No, okay, <laughs> okay. Is is there recordings of this anymore? Oh, it's bad, yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, this is America. Uh, wait, wait, I, I think I was missing the first. I thought you were saying Psycho the Musical. You're saying American Psycho yeah. the Musical? Oh, boo, I thought there's a Psycho the Musical. No, sorry, that would be like, fun. I am, I am American Psycho the Musical? Oh, I am God. I'm yeah. assuming there's a whole bunch of Huey Lewis. Songs That's what I was thinking. Oh. <laughs> it's like what mostly it's like, like Huey Lewis. You know, it's all like trite. Like, oh, we have business cards. <laughs> like, it's it's real bad. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> Isn't that really the one? Oh, we have business cards. What <laughs> do you have want for Like, they literally like wrote all the lines that are like, you know, like Edmund Kemper putting her head on a stick, and you're like, ha ha ha, it's a musical, but it's not oh, funny. What? <laughs> what? Okay. Holy well, that's shit. a thing. Um, I wish they do Reefer Madness. Hmm. The that musical? Be... That's a brilliant idea. It's a really great musical, fun. and I feel like they could pull it off better than Hedwig. Who knows? Maybe they pulled off Hedwig. Amazing. They did not. They're we'll picking up. They're just not picking. allowing you to even. But there is now. There is still a moment. This is when uh, it then cuts back to school, and uh, the the line exchange that opened this episode of the podcast, not the show, uh, occurs um, where we get Cheryl. Uh, doing a little ribbon to old Bettykins, being like, Herr Berter, Herr Berter, you remember? You remember, you remember that kiss? And then Betty's all like, I remember that kiss. I don't know, it was just a kiss. It was to fool the public. And then Cheryl was like, mm-mm, I've spied on a lot of people kissing. And that seemed like some real kissing. <laughs> and then Betty's all like, <laughs> But he's like, all right, then we just fooled you. And Cheryl's like, mm-mm, nah-uh, I'm on to you, because I'm the only real detective in this town, and that was a real kiss. But I'm keeping your secret. Toodles! And then she, like, runs away. And that scene was there because Cheryl didn't have a dead body to talk to all episode. She didn't even talk to her girlfriend all episode. Mm. They didn't share a scene. Yeah. We didn't have any, uh, Choney. What a trash. Bullshit. Yeah, this this is a very uh, Cheryl Light episode, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. She still wins best dress, though. 
No? Oh, hey, let's go to the slam book. And welcome to the jam and slam. Okay, best names. Dr. Curdle Jr. and Charles W. Chickens. Worst yes, Riverdale Charles. name is R.I.V.W. News. That's for Andrew. Best dress is a tie between Hermosa and Cheryl. Mm. Worst dress is Forsyth Pendleton Jones the first. Most likely to win a suit against the Joneses, Brett Weston Wallace. Most fun to party with, Hermosa. Okay, okay. Um, and w- were there any legal points that we uh, neglected to get into, uh, Adam? Oh, I'm so excited that you said that. Um, yes, there are many. Um, let's let's first go back <coughs> a ways to. Uh, well, let's go to the beginning. Um, so Jughead has uh, faked his death. Um, which leads to a lot of crimes being committed. Um, there was bribery of several officials. Um, one was the, like, coroner worker uh, that they paid off. Um, they told the police officer that the son wasn't dead, and he used police resources to organize a search party. Um, they used an FBI medical van and had two FBI agents um, perform medical procedures uh, without reporting any of that. Um, an FBI agent was acting without authority in uh, an offense. Um, you had um, the scene where uh, Betty and Jughead come in and then lock them inside is actually forcible confinement. Uh, there's no legal purpose they have for keeping them in that room, and they take away their phones, so arguably uh, they could be charged with forcible confinement or kidnapping. Um, you then have... Um, something that Valeska wanted to uh, discuss, which was um, Jughead seems to be very upset that his grandfather came up with the idea for um, these detective brothers. Um, And so uh, he's like, you forced uh, my grandfather into signing a contract for $5,000 that led to a multi-million dollar empire. And I'm like, that's contracting, baby. Because uh, if you agree to do a, <laughs> if you agree to do a job for five thousand uh, dollars, that's how contract writing works. Uh, he has no more rights in the um, book itself. It would actually be really unfortunate uh, if the contract was invalidated because it would mean that uh, both the company that makes the um, was it the Brook what are they the something brothers? They're not the Hardy Boys. They're the the Baxter brothers. The Baxter brothers. Um, so technically, the grandfather couldn't ever sell his version of the book or his story because it includes parts that were written by other people who would still have rights over their copyright. So it would just be like a dead copyright with no one really being able to market the product. So it's actually good that there's a contract and that he got paid. $5,000 is actually a lot in like the 80s and 70s for him to write that book in the first place. But um, that kicked off uh, all the murders. Now, (laughs) there might be some kind of lawsuit in relation to, like, profiting from the murder if they took the stories involved in the murders and put them into the books themselves. But it didn't sound like that's what was happening. Although you did have to kill someone to get to write the book, which was, uh, well, whatever. Um, and then, uh, we already discussed the interrogation scene. But OJ did that, right? Yeah, and, uh, in that case, his family sued, um, they had already won the civil suit. So, the family of Nicole Brown, um, were able to get all the profits from his book, If I Did It. Um, and- Oh, really? I didn't know that. That's why they changed the book cover to, if- 
like small and then I did it really big uh, <laughs> which is great yeah the if is like in the eye it's pretty yeah. great it's that is phenomenal it's some um, good stuff wow so yeah um i recommend checking out the 30 for 30 <laughs> it's very good I will. um but yeah i think uh in terms of other offenses i mean you know there's a whole bunch involving the fbi and you know falsifying evidence and uh you know yeah, assaulting a person hell. yeah there's there's a lot going on there um trying to think if there was any more by the end of the episode you know there's just some classic blackmail but you know what what, you know it's really hard to prove you know something like blackmail because you have to prove intent so like betty's not going to get charged for blackmailing someone although she might get charged for the fact that she used a private detective to get the medical records that would be protected of a person for no purpose Mm. yeah because that would offend uh, hipaa Right. Oh, did we cover the fact that the private detective was Hermosa? I don't know uh, if we told Jason. No, I mean, they mentioned okay. it last episode. Well, Jason, it was Hermosa. Uh, no, I'm that, learning uh, this now in yeah. real time. She's a licensed yeah, PI. Yeah, found it out last time. <laughs> of course she is. She's um, my favorite now. Wow. Okay, and well. I really appreciate you um, bringing um, far more than Riverdale deserves uh, so much knowledge and... Uh, you know, it, it made it class it classed this fucking place up a little bit. I appreciate that. Wow, <laughs> we've got we've we've got a I'll law nerd here. We've got a science dork in the mix. We've got <laughs> old literary pants himself, Jason, over here. <laughs> and then we've got the cool, hip, young, attractive, does kickflips and grinds and knows about Vine and the other one. Vine? Vine has been around for like two years. Um, (laughs) Vine's been dead for like 15 years. And I've seen all the hippest YouTube stars like Shane Dawson, I think. Holy shit. (laughs) Anyways, uh, that's me if you guys couldn't. (laughs) Um, I got, um, Andrew, I have some choice um, unlike this time, I actually did some um, work for the show, um, and I pulled some uh, season four Rotten Tomatoes reviews um, for Riverdale that I think you guys will enjoy. Shoot. Um, okay, so this one is um, titled, or not titled, um, okay, dated briefly, January. Briefly pause. Um, Adam, mute your mic. You're like doing dishes or something. You're just here with constant banging. Um, <laughs> That's rain. You making popcorn over there? Oh, okay. Oh, that's rain. <laughs> I, love how I just gave you shit for rain. <laughs> We're keeping that in too because I'm an asshole. <laughs> nice. um, all right. Dated January 29th, 2020 from Phyllis T. I <clears throat> Riverdale, season four, one star. <laughs> season one was fantastic. It was like the Titanic having just left port on its maiden voyage. Hope and excitement filled the air. Season 2 was good, but not great. The ship was running steady and true, but there's not a lot to see on the open ocean. Season 3 was pretty bad. The Titanic struck the iceberg while shrouded in a thick fog. Season 4, even worse. The ship's taking on water, and passengers are heading for their life rafts, hoping this is all a bad dream. It isn't. I think we all know where Season 5 is headed. Hopefully to the bottom of the Atlantic, where it belongs. Okay, so she's not a fan of rockets, then. 
<laughs> Matt was written by underscore Leo DiCaprio. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh God, I I just I just really enjoyed that extended metaphor of everyone me. dying on the Titanic to Riverdale. It's me, Missy Dupont. I want to paint you, Mister Honey, like one of my French girls. <laughs> Oh, I've just wanted an episode of the think? two characters that Andrew has invented just talking to each other. Oh, uh, God. I can't even have enough pants to get all my gelatinous goop in the one candy. I love how he just becomes closer and closer to just becoming outright Cartman every episode. <laughs> Big name. I don't want to watch I want cheesy poops. I have one more poops. for you. Perfect. Haley M, January 15, 2020. The first season was good. The second was meh. In the third, everything went off the rails. Fourth season continues to be bullshit. I only watch it to see what new, idiotic, and unrealistic events they come up with. And which other character has a secret brother or sister or relative? Haley M. doesn't know it, but she is a Milkshakes and Mimosas fan. Cheryl's dad had a secret twin. Betty had a secret brother, who actually wasn't her brother, but her real secret brother's secret boyfriend. Veronica has a secret sister. Archie has a secret uncle. There was supposedly Cheryl and Jason's secret triplet, who Cheryl ate in the womb. (laughs) But it wasn't actually her who ate him in the womb. But the triplet came back, a ghost in the doll to haunt Cheryl. But that was also fake. I think. I probably forgot someone. But you get the point. Also remember, Betty's secret brother I mentioned. Yeah, his is her half-brother because Alice, Betty's mom, had a kid with FP in high school. While she and Betty and Polly with Hal. But FP, who is the secret brother's father, is Jughead's dad. And Jughead and Betty are dating. And now FP and Alice are also dating. So basically, they, Betty and Jughead, share a brother. They know they share a brother. And still date while their parents also date each other. And that's not even a quarter of this show's bullshit. You know what? I miss Julian. <laughs> so, hey, man. Haley, you should be listening to Melchick's. Haley would love Brahms the boy. Brands. I'm going to reach out to Do her. It. Brahms boy too brought in brought it supernatural apparently. So you know maybe maybe Julian welcome back. Haley's just like bummed that she doesn't have more attractive siblings. <laughs> <laughs> do not do, uh, do not slander I, Haley, sorry, Haley. on this fucking podcast. Yeah, we're sorry, Haley. Don't mind. Haley Adam. is our number one executive. fan, or will be. <laughs> yeah. oh, so, God. Um, I guess with that, we'll go through. All... Wait, 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 wait. Um, <clears throat> Haley M also rated the Sherlock show um, <laughs> five stars. Sherlock and John are gay. I love it. That's <laughs> all right, Haley. You're 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 on the podcast. I'm sorry. I stand, I'm Haley. I'm sorry, Jason. We're Me kicking. too. Actually, you I know what? It. I'm stepping down. Haley's taking over the <laughs> <laughs> Haley and I can share the science duties. Oh. Okay. <clears throat> um, Done. I, I, any more? Any more? Is that good? That's it. That's I think it. we did it, you guys. Oh. Wow, I think we did it, but there has to be river punches before we do the plug. Oh, yeah. That thing we do. Oh, yeah. That thing we do. Uh, I'm gonna give this um, 0.56 trillion river punches. Um, uh, I'm gonna give it 110 river punches, mostly for the conversation we had about it, and less so for the actual writing of the show. Sorry, Jason. Fair enough. I know that you poured your heart and soul into this. Mm, I did. I wrote all of this. 
I don't appreciate that fucker coming on here and claiming he invented the fucking incest babies when it was me. But, you know, like bygones be guy bygones. I, you know? I really hope Lachlan Monroe does not listen to this podcast. I really hope he doesn't go back you know. and listen to it. I hope I he does. Not. Poor guy. I'm a piece of shit. And I'll see you in court, <laughs> Lachlan Monroe. I'll see you in fucking court. I have my lawyer on the podcast. We're coming for you. Andrew, you practice law? (laughs) (laughs) I'm Mr. Honey, a new lawyer. (laughs) I need to tell you all about who invented you and you law. So how many river punches did you give it, Jason? I'm sorry. Oh, me? Yeah. Me? Um, There's no Cheryl in this episode almost, so I can't contractually give it any i'll give it as many river punches minutes that fucking cheryl is in this so what like two, one like four two point five two point five four river punches oh she's also in some of the flashback scenes just kind of like peering around corners so we'll give it five okay so i'll give her four river punches and one flashback river punch how about that sounds good sounds good and uh our guest uh the one Perfect. who i have rudely rudely claimed um is doing laundry when really he's just caught in the rain uh, I heard he also likes pina coladas, uh, but can you tell us how many river punches you would give this episode? Well, I would give this uh, episode eight river punches, one for every solved murder. And if you call today, we can solve more Riverdale murders. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. All Very right. Nice. And Adam, where can we where can we find you on this interwebs? Uh, you can check out my podcast, the Space Lawyers podcast, uh, wherever you can find podcasts. You can follow me on Twitter at Attorney at Space. Uh, sometimes I write poorly for uh, BloodyGoodHorror.com. Those are things. And uh, he's actually a great writer. He's just modest, yes, yes. and he was looking for compliments, and I gave him one. So thank you. I mean, he also has a pretty good editor. Podcast is wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jason, where can we find you on the World Wide Web? Nowhere. I want nothing that I do associated with this podcast. Thank you. Okay, so you can find Jason at bloodygoodhorror.com, where he writes about. uh, (laughs) He does reviews. He does interviews. uh, He also hosts a podcast called Electric Terrors. Uh, he's pretty good on it, uh, and two hosts are pretty good, and then there's one guy who shows up once in a while, and he's eh. Um, and, but yeah, so that's where you can find Jason. Um, uh-huh. You can also find him at his address, which is, I don't actually know, so I couldn't give it. If I did, maybe My I My social security number is. Social security number, it's a bunch of actual numbers. Um, and uh, yeah, so Valeska, where on the internet can we find you? No, I want you to do mine too. If you're going to do that service okay. for Jason. Well, okay. That's right. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at BitchCraftTO uh, if you want. Uh, you don't have to. And if you do, uh, I'll never talk about Riverdale. So I'll be talking about other cooler things. Uh, I'm hip. I'm cool. I got it going on. Uh, thank you, Valeska, for that uh, plug for your mm-hmm. thing. Um, no problem. You can, find, you can find me at your local insane asylum, slowly going more and more insane as we further derail while discussing the plots of Riverdale. Uh, as always, you can find the podcast at mpodcastm on Twitter, or you can email us at milkshakesandmimosas at gmail.com. Uh, I check those things once in a while, so you can do that. Uh, please rate us five stars wherever you can rate podcasts at, even if it's like your local grocery store and they have a mask and a barrier up. You can still be like, and make sure you do a lot of spit. Uh, and if you leave a review, and, Jason will read it on the air. 
I will. Um, I have to. You could say anything you oh, want. Oh, right. We might actually... Oh, right. I kind of plugged this on a big podcast. This might actually have listeners. Oh, shit. Um, anyways, <laughs> have a good day. And as always... It's fine. It's the last time to listen. Play so the CW. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye, bitches. Bye, bitches.